What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another episode of Surfing the Stream, where every week we are on a quest to find out what is the greatest movie of all time. I am Matt Primo, and today we are we are starting a new series, okay? Two different series uh, at the same time, basically. So on one end of the spectrum, I am reviewing uh, Patreon-requested reviews. So basically, I'm going to go week by week, go to each individual Patreon supporter, and they are going to request a movie review. And I'm going to review that movie no matter what, okay? If they pick it, I'm reviewing it. So if you are interested in that, go to patreon.com slash two game. That is the number two. Supports at any of those tiers. And then you, too, can put up a request for, for me to review. So... I'm doing that series, which is gonna gonna probably carry over a few months at least. Um, on this side of the spectrum, which is what I'm reviewing today, I am reviewing over the next three weeks movies that that I've never seen before and that are considered like classics. Okay, I, I really want to knock out some of these movies that uh, I've never seen before, and you kind of look at yourself and go, "You've never seen that." Yes, those are the types of movies that that I'm reviewing over the next few weeks. This week, I am reviewing Beetlejuice. It is a movie that a lot of people love. I've personally never watched it before, so this was the first time I have ever watched it. So I I was very, very hyped going into this movie to to review it because I've been wanting to watch it for a while, but it just never... I just never had enough time or or energy, I guess you could say, to to review it. So basically, forced myself to watch this movie. But I had put up a a bunch of movies. I don't know, it was like twenty some odd movies, something like that. And Patreon supporters voted on them, and we have three movies that I'm reviewing. Uh, Beetlejuice is one of them. The Princess Bride is another one. Haven't seen that. And then uh, Big Trouble in Little China is the third one. So three classic movies that I've never seen before. I am super interested and super excited to to review all three of these movies. So that's what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks. So let's go ahead and jump into this review for Beetlejuice. So going into this movie, I knew absolutely nothing about this movie. I knew Michael Keaton was in it. I knew that he was like like over the top and zany in it. And I knew that Tim Burton was the director. That was ex- that was basically all I knew about this movie. I didn't know the plot, I didn't know anything about it. So, just just bear with me here that some of the things that I'm going to talk about is just the fact that I did not know anything about it going into it. So, a lot of my expectations got got played with basically because I knew nothing about it. So, the plot, the spirits of a deceased couple are harassed by an unbearable family that has moved into their home and hire a malicious spirit to drive them out. This movie was directed by Tim Burton, who has directed an ungodly amount of movies. Uh, a mixed bag for the most part. Like, he's either pretty good or he's like not that good at all. We have Batman 89, which we have reviewed. Batman Returns, I've reviewed that as well. Uh, Alice in Wonderland, Sweeney Todd, which I need to rewatch Sweeney Todd. I know that's a musical, a horror musical at that. I remember seeing that in theaters, and I, I feel like I need to rewatch that because it's been, I don't know, was that 2008 that came out? 2007? So I feel like I need to rewatch that. Uh, Corpse Bride, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Sleepy Hollow, which Sleepy Hollow is probably. 
Sleepy Hollow and Batman 89, Batman Returns, are probably my three favorite Tim Burton films. Uh, then we have Planet of the Apes, uh, Dark Shadows, Frank and Weenie, Edward Scissorhands, and Mars Attacks. Uh, this movie had a budget of $15 million, and it grossed $74.4 million. It stars Alec Baldwin, who I did not know was in this movie, by the way, uh, Gina Davis, Michael Keaton, and uh, Winona Ryder is also in it as well. And uh, Catherine O'Hara, uh, you know, Kevin's mom from uh, Home Alone, she's also in this movie. So some pretty decent big-name stars in here. Uh, runtime of one hour and 32 minutes, and it was released March 30th, 1988. Uh, jumping into some of the fun facts before I get into my general impressions, Michael Keaton has said this is his favorite film of his own. Uh, Keaton ad-libbed 90% of his lines. Beetlejuice was the first DVD sent out by Netflix in 1998. Look, I'm getting all this off IMDb. I 100% do not know how true that is. It's, I don't know. It seems a little coincidental, maybe, but that's kind of cool that this was the first DVD sent out. Uh, Keaton only appears in about 14.5 minutes total in the film. And the uh, last fun fact is the visual effects budget was just $1 million. Tim Burton wanted to... He, he wanted to make the effects look as tacky and B-movie as possible. So, I'm not going to lie. Going into this movie, I was excited, but I was nervous. Because I'm not really a huge Tim Burton fan. He, his movies are very, like, left field. They're very over-the-top, zany. And I'm just not a huge fan of, of his movies in general. Batman and Batman Returns are the two most straightforward movies that he has. I mean, they definitely look like Tim Burton movies, but for the most part, they are the most reserved, uh, not over-the-top performances out of, out of any of the movies that he has. I think we can all agree on that. And obviously, those two movies are some of my favorites. And you have Sleepy Hollow, which obviously looks like a uh, Tim Burton movie through and through, but again, it's more of a serious type of film. And... It's no wonder that those three movies are my favorite, right? Because they are the least zany, least left field of his uh, of his movies. So going into this, I was I was a little skeptical. I, I didn't. I, I was worried that I was going to be doing this review and saying, "Guys, I just I really didn't like it. Uh, I don't know what the hype is about." But I am happy to report that I loved this movie. I, I think this movie is fantastic. Uh, I think it still holds up today. Yes, you know, the the whole thing with the the special effects, the visual effects are 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 tacky and B movie rated. They are. Like when they go into like through doors and whatnot and it has like I'm assuming that's like I I don't even know what that is. What, what hell heaven and it has the uh, the green screen background. Yes, it looks absolutely terrible. It looks like dog shit. It really does. But I think it adds charm to the movie, and they don't do that very much throughout the course of the movie. But they do use a lot of what I'm assuming is like stop animation and whatnot, which is uh, something that Tim Burton uses in a lot of his movies. And I think going with that style of animation really adds charm 
to the movie. I think it makes it hold up a little bit better uh, nowadays. I mean, it being, what, 34 years later, I think this movie holds up very, very well with the way they went about the the visual effects. And yes, uh, a lot of it is is over the top. I mean, let's, let's get this out of the way real quick. This movie is over the top. Michael Keaton, over the top. This is a left field movie. I, I'm not sure how I ended up loving it as much as I did, just because I'm not typically into those style of movies, but I loved it. I, I thought it was over the top just enough to be completely left field. I mean, they even do like a little dance off. Uh, I don't even know what you want to call it, it during the movie when it was the, uh, the, the, the dinner scene. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? And why do I love this so much? It's just, it's fantastic. It really is. And it was all put together very, very well. And I think it holds up today, which is the biggest thing. I mean, you you have a movie in the 80s and the 70s. The whole thing is, does it hold up? And I think it does. I think it does. So I do want to dive into some of the things that I, I really did love about this movie. Now, this is a Tim Burton movie through and through. His signature is all over it. I mean, you it's obvious it's a Tim Burton movie when you first watch it. Like, the second it starts, you're like, oh, no, that t- Tim Burton directed this shit for real. Um, obviously, the one thing that the movie is known for is Michael Keaton. Uh, he says it's, it's his favorite film of his own. And I absolutely loved Michael Keaton in this movie. I think his performance is way, way over the top. But it's not over the top in terms of, like, this is kind of stupid. Like, it absolutely 100% fits within the movie. And he's not, like, outshining every- I mean, he is outshining everybody. But he's not, like, doing something. Like, I, I think, the- let me let me put it this way. Wonder Woman 84, Pedro Pascal. His character was way over the top. The rest of the movie was super serious, right? So it doesn't really match up right. The, the tone is off. His performance, Michael Keaton's performance in Beetlejuice, is not uh, left field on this. It, it's it fits within the context of the movie. There's no tone imbalance. It all it all fits together nicely. And I, I think with everybody else being over the top, he can be over the top that much more. And I thought his performance was fantastic. This is this is going to be one of my favorite Michael Keaton movies, for sure. Like, I think this is his best performance. And the only thing, the only thing that I hate about this movie is the fact that Beetlejuice is not in it enough. I mean, it took, what, 45 minutes for him to actually have significant screen time in the movie? Yes, he shows up, what, like 20, 30 minutes into it. But it's just, it's like a little minor TV ad, basically. But he doesn't actually show up until about 45 minutes into the movie. And then, like I mentioned earlier, he's only in it for about 14 to 15 minutes. And that is, that's criminal, honestly. It's, it's very criminal. And maybe it's one of those things where it's like, less is more, more is less kind of thing. I don't know. I wanted more. I wanted more of it. And because every time he was on screen, he was just stealing that scenery, just stealing it. And I, I didn't care about anything else going on in that. I, I just loved his performance. And the fact that he ad-libbed uh, a majority of it is is just great on its own. But on top of him, 
I, I, I guess I would have liked a little bit more from his character, figure out like some more backstory on him. But I don't think we really need it, to be honest with you, because he's not really there to be a this this in-depth character, this three-dimensional character or anything like that. He's really just there to to be the quote-unquote villain and be this just obscure, over-the-top character, which I am 100% there for. So I'm not going to dock points or anything like that for, for the lack of development there. Now, I will say, there needs to be some more development with the three other main characters, the couple that originally lived at the house. Now, they do a decent job of developing them. They give them some uh, some different emotions to play with uh, throughout the course of the movie. They do give enough backstory there uh, on how they die and whatnot. So I, I guess I'm not going to fault them too much on, on them having more stuff to do with those characters. But Winona Ryder and her character is vastly underserved in this movie. I think they had a chance to make a very emotional movie, a very, very dark movie, and they they touched on it very, very slightly. I don't know if that was like studio interference or, or what the case was, but there, I mean, there's scenes in this movie where she's like, I don't want to be here anymore. I mean, she even writes a suicide letter. So this movie had a chance to go super dark, and I don't know if if they just got scared of touching on that on that topic or or what the case was but i felt like they could have they could have touched on some more emotion this movie could have been way more emotional than than it was if they would have just developed her character a little bit more does she really need do we do we really need more scenes with her writing a suicide letter i i don't think so but i think we could have got some more more perspective of why she was feeling that way. Yes, she said she was alone in the world and stuff like that, but why? I mean, yes, she's being moved out to the sticks with a stepmother she doesn't like, but, but you know what? What what is the backstory there? Why is she depressed? Why is she always dressed in black? Why is she? Why does she look super emo? Which guys, if you don't know this, Tim Burton always has an emo character in all of his movies. She's the emo character in this movie. But I'm just I'm just curious as to why they did not develop her the way that she could have been. To me, with the back half of the movie, they almost made her a main character in the movie, like the main protagonist. But we didn't really get enough development of her character for me to really just care about her uh, and anything that happened to her towards the end of the movie. So... Winona Ryder's character is the biggest issue that I have with the movie. It could have been so much better. This could have been, I don't know, a five-star movie if they would have just devoted a little bit more time to her character rather than some of the uh, some of the other things with like the uh, the original couple in the house, or maybe even some of the uh, the new couple that moved in. You know, the new family. Maybe they don't spend as much time on on those characters and really hit home with Winona Ryder's character. Maybe that movie gets into the uh, four fives or the fives. So really, that is my biggest issue with the movie overall. Uh, other stuff with it, I really, really love the set design, the costume design. It is, it is fantastic. Say what you will about Tim Burton movies, the movies look just great. Okay, and wh- whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, right? The costumes are always great. Yes, they look weird, they're over the top, but 
they're so iconic looking. And even just never seen this movie before, seeing Beetlejuice in his in his his costume, his makeup and all that, that is just so iconic, right? And I'm kind of pissed off that I'd never watched this movie beforehand. But I do think overall the movie is is very, very well made, even being from the 80s. I think they do a good job of subverting your expectations throughout the course of the movie. I mean, I didn't expect the main couple to die in in the uh, in the very beginning. Honestly, I thought the movie was going to be something along the lines of, like, I I did think that there was going to be like an exorcist kind of thing going on here, and like maybe, like you know how you say like Bloody Mary three times in the mirror in the dark, you know that weird shit. I thought it was going to be something similar to that. You say Beetlejuice three times and the demon appears or something like that. That's what I thought this movie was going to be about. So I wasn't expecting the main couple to die and then for it to be basically them trying to get the new couple out of the house. And I wasn't expecting them uh, haunting the family and then the family loving it and wanting to basically build an amusement park out of it. Was not expecting that whatsoever. So I, I think the movie did... I think Tim Burton did a great job of not making a, a cliche movie in terms of the story. So I just loved how every time I turned around, they were doing something different. I was I was always like on the edge of my seat wondering, where are they going to take this story next? So I, I never really guessed where the story was going. Uh, maybe I kind of just turned my brain off. I don't know. But I, I felt surprised with everything that happened over the course of the movie. But overall, I did love this movie, and I, I highly recommend going to check it out. This is actually on my my list of movies to watch before you die now. Uh, I, I'm kind of pissed off that it took me so long to watch it. But heed my advice, go watch it right now. It is on HBO Max, so if you have an HBO Max account, you can definitely check it out. And it's only an hour and a half of your time, so this is a very, very quick watch. And you could definitely watch worse movies out there, but definitely go check this one out. Uh, I ended up giving it four stars. Like I said, the one thing that really held it back was that emotional center of it. You know, Lydia, one of writer's character, could have used a little bit more development throughout the movie, and I feel like it could have hit those four fives or the, the five star rating. But guys, you let me know in our Discord by going to patreon.com slash two game, and then once you join us there. You can get access to our Discord channel. Let me know in the Discord what you think about Beetlejuice, or you can leave us a comment on our Facebook page, Surfing the Stream. And uh, yeah, next week it'll be The Princess Bride, so get ready for that. I am super excited to finally watch that movie. I have never heard a bad thing said about that movie, so... and. Honestly, I don't know anything about it either. So it's gonna be it's gonna be a great watch. I, I'm definitely excited to to finally dive into that movie that's so loved by everyone. But guys, that is gonna be it for me. I will catch y'all next week on another episode. Laters.